30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all, it is the 9 o'clock hour. Open line hour. Anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, it's one 767 4348. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923. And we did get one from Susan and Chandler, but she's got a picture attached to it. The text system does not support uh, images. You've got to email those to info at rosieonthehouse.com. That text platform is uh, we use as part of our sister stations, or I'm sorry, our flagship stations, uh, program so we don't monitor that outside of our live broadcasts if you've got questions outside of it the phone and the email we do answer during the week those are our numbers but the text is just for ktar during the broadcast only and it does not accept images email those to info at rosieonthehouse.com and as we get to a couple of our bulletin points uh, something i didn't notice i didn't get to this part of the paper before it started and generally this would have been covered in the seven o'clock hour for those of you that are not in a market where our 7 o'clock hour is played. It's our newest hour of Rosie on the House, and it's our Arizona hour. Happy Pioneers Month to the city of Phoenix. The Phoenix mayor has proclaimed March Pioneers Month, and it's got a picture of Jack Swilling on it from 1867. And what would have tied in perfect with that, if I'd have seen it in time, is we are covering the city, uh, the town of Wickenburg, all month long, as that's where our staycation Winner is traveling next week to the Flying E Ranch. And Jack Swilling was sent down to Phoenix to start establishing a local food supply for the town of Wickenburg, which was established as a place for the mining miners of Vulture Mine to live. So they've got their own Pioneer Month now in the month of March uh, for, for the recognition of the people that reestablished the Ho-Ho-Cums irrigation canals that had been abandoned for about 400 years to restart agriculture. I wonder if they define pioneers by your ethnicity. Like, I think my family was probably one of the first Cajuns to Arizona. <laughs> so could you be a that, pioneer? <laughs> could I be a Cajun pioneer to the desert? Why not? Until they tell us otherwise, why not? <laughs> your toolkit's... Came in this week. I saw that. I saw it back in the warehouse. So Got a whole load of them. This this was a funny story. We had the idea as a thank you for thirty years of broadcasting to put together local American made toolkits for Arizona homeowners, and we've got our Rosie on the house. Thank you for thirty logo insignia etched into all of them, and this was kind of our first venture into any kind of tool or retail type thing. We'd been playing with the e-store for a little bit ahead of that, but that was a little bit of one-offs. This required uh, a lot more because we wanted to keep it American-made, and we had specific tools we had identified because we wanted them to be as close to the tool set that Rosie used breaking into the trades in the 70s, at least brand recognition so it, it took 18 months to get the first order in by the time it all materialized and jen put a little blog together that you can get at rosie on the house that 
details that, but I mean, tariffs came into place that delayed orders, storms delayed shipping. I mean, it, <laughs> and the fact that the chain of the snowball effect that can happen is incredible. The fact that we were really set on it being American made took a lot. That took a lot of time. Just finding the tools in the toolbox that met our standards that were all made in America. And a lot of the manufacturers are global manufacturers, so they may have plants in uh, Mississippi, yeah. Missouri, California, and China, <laughs> Dubai, <Yeah. laughs> Baghdad, <Kukumano>. Arizona. <laughs> so it, you would think, well, if I've got... You know, I'm in America, so what I'm going to get on the stores comes from America. Well, not all the manufacturing plants make the same thing. Uh, some of them make parts and send it to other ma- other factories for assembly. It's the, the manufacturing we, I've, has always fascinated me, and getting we learned a lot more about it. it. It's an incredible industry, manufacturing and transportation. One of our popular items that have come through our e-store is our. Uh, Earth Talent, that was developed by a local in Chino Valley as a solution, or Prescott Valley, trying to dig through the hard caliche. And it's a, a special design to the end of a of a pointed shovel that uh, cuts off half of it, and it, it really enhances your digging. And our plumbers picked up a number of them to test them out at Stampede Plumbing, and they're actually coming back for a complete order because it's been the, the amount of time this will save our guys when we're digging up. Interesting. Is, it's incredible. So, and we sure liked it when we tested it at our own backyard garden. And where we didn't test it, that the plumbers did, is when they're digging. A lot of times, there's a lot of mud. You know, a heavy, a scoop sure. full of mud, and how hard that can be to penetrate. Well, this helps penetrate their mud compacting. So, it's just uh, one more way that we're trying to work and and serve every Arizona homeowner as their best friend. And a lot of that re- applies to finding ways to better help our certified partners that are there to serve you if you can't do it yourself you don't have time to do it yourself you're an emergency situation we've got a complete network of contractors and service providers that are here to help serve you the arizona homeowner you can find them all at rosyonthehouse.com the e-commerce store has been kind of one of the fun little things just sprang up and by nature of doing this business and the way it's sprung up was manufacturers would find our address or they'd send it to the flagship station we broadcast on and they would want us to test their product. And we ended up with this pretty impressive collection of different things people wanted us to try. So we thought, okay, well, let's put them to the test. Well, we had to throw away about 80% of all the stuff that was sent to us. But when we did find something that we really liked, uh, we made it available to our Arizona homeowners. So it's it, it's been kind of fun. Yeah, because a lot of them were small independents that were just searching around online looking for places to sell their products. So it may not be something that was local or you would talk about it and they had only had 30 and if we ended up with 50 orders, well, <laughs> yeah. you're not able to fulfill those. So by bringing them in-house, we could better control that uh, that supply and demand. So it was, it was, it's been a lot of fun. It has. It has. It's kind of, the next thing I want to do is test that 
waterproofing tar spray out of a can. <laughs> I need to find a boat and cut the bottom out and put a screen door on it. And then I don't know, maybe we'll get we'll be Gary. We'll get we'll Gary. Like Gary. We'll get, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> we'll get Gary or Jennifer to go out to well now Bartlett and Horseshoe are both full. So we'll just kind of push them out there and see how it works. Put me in horseshoe and watch me go over the dam and let's really <laughs> let's really test this thing out. <laughs> yeah, that that one has been on the airways. I've I've I will say the the flex tape. Um I tried it on a rubber-made horse trough. It's a 100-gallon horse trough. It does not work on the inside where the water is. Like, it it, it will seal it from the outside, though. So, With the bucket full of water? Mm-mm. You have nope. to drain it. Let it dry. Tape it. Yeah. And then, okay. It, it doesn't seal that water like, it's, like you see where he slaps it on the plexiglass and it all stops. We tried that. No. The water, if it's running and it's wet, it doesn't stick. Empty it, let it dry, apply it, fill it back up. It works just fine. How many of those coiling lawn hoses did Jennifer end up throwing away? All of them. Four. (laughs) (laughs) She's holding up four through the glass. She's call screening right now. And it was was kind of funny because we, we, we were sent some to test them, and then we went and bought some. And tested them. We were able to return those. And when we returned them, invariably, the person at the customer service desk would say, you know, we've we've taken in return a lot more of these than we ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> she did end up finding one she really liked, though. It, but it wasn't the one Al Borland was selling. No, it was um, kind of a, a boutique um uh, Catalog Sonoma something. Mm. Anyway, well, a little PSA from the business section of the Wall Street Journal: Insurance companies are scrambling to figure out a solution to the number one claim of homeowner insurance: water damage. And the explosion of construction that happened after World War II, a lot of these homes' pipings haven't been upgraded. Yeah. And the number of water damage claims that they see has gone up, and they expect it to go up. So they're trying to work feverishly to help get these plumbing supply lines on these older homes upgraded to reduce the number of claims. And not only, you know, is it a protection to the insurance industry not paying out a lot of claims, but man, I mean, you wouldn't believe what this the disruption of your life oh, can gosh. do when you get a water leak and. Uh, we've got a, a case from one of our team members in house that I think they're in their third or fourth month now dealing, and it wasn't even an old system. It was a plastic nut on the supply line from the water out of the wall to the toilet. It was the metal braided cable with a plastic supply. Why would you spend the extra money for a metal braided cable and not put on uh, a brass nut? You, you're going to go with a plastic nut? Just that's the number one point of failure. <laughs> and it wasn't our team member's fault. It was just the way the property was when they purchased yeah. it. Yeah. But it's the number one failure. Yep. And we covered it uh, at the beginning of the year as things you can do around your house. It's called How to Stop the Leaks Before They Start. And you can find that in our blog section at Rosie on the House. And it was just interesting that we had covered that because we knew it was important to homeowners. But then seeing it a couple months later, uh, 
in, in the Wall Street Journal is that, well, we may, maybe we need to recover that again. Well, you can find that at rosieonthehouse.com. Just go to our blog, How to Stop Leaks Before They Start and Avoid Being One of Those Homeowners that Has to Use Your Deductible or File a Claim and Make Your Premiums Go Up Because You Didn't Just fix a problem before it started it's a lot cheaper fixing it up front and it's not a two-day repair i mean (laughs) the water gets in behind the cabinets the sheetrock the insulation the floor covering i mean you're basically gutting everything down to the studs you know two feet above the floor it's it's a mess it's a mess it's a mess and something you don't want to have to go through so Oh, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. Our mission every day of the year is to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And we do that on Saturday mornings by showing up at the radio station and answering your questions about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And the second segment of the 9 o'clock hour, we give away our tickets. We've got ASU basketball tickets. If you know the answer to this trivia question, who is our March featured partner in our home maintenance calendar? If you've got your Rosie on the House home maintenance calendar, pretty easy to just look, see who the featured partner is, text that answer to 411-923. And between now and the end of this programming, all right answers that come in, we'll select a random winner during the bottom of the hour news break and send you to the ASU basketball, to an ASU basketball ticket. Basketball game. Tickets to an issue basketball game. You got it. You got it. <laughs> hey, two of your best friends call the questions. Okay. But there's a little, little air demons out there today, and uh, both the calls dropped. But I wanted to uh, ask a question in Peter's behalf. He has a home that he installed t- tile in two years ago. He had it installed, and it's starting to flake the grout off the top. And then also there's making popping sounds when he steps on them. Well... My number one suspicion there is that he's got the, the grout and the thin set and the tile delaminating from his slab, and that is invariably caused by moisture. Um, depending on how old the installation really is, he said a couple years. Well, if it's less than two years, he can certainly approach the contractor and and go through the registrar contractor's review process. If it's over two years, he probably isn't going to have much recourse that way. But moisture from the underground of the slab can, can, can source from many different places. Sometimes, like Romeo was talking, it's a little bit older home with underground water lines, and maybe there's a pinhole leak. Many times, if we've changed landscaping against the out, the exterior foundation of the home, the water's finding its way in. There are places underground where the foundation supporting your house has holes in it, like where the sewer line leaves the stem wall and, and whatnot, and that's a great place for moisture to get in. He's going to have to pop a couple of those tile and do a moisture reading of the slab and determine whether or not he's got to do remedial action before he starts replacing it. One thing he could do himself is get some duct tape 
or some painter's tape and some saran wrap and lay the saran wrap on top of the tile in an area big enough to cover a couple different tile and some grout. Then tape the saran wrap on all four sides down to the floor. If he sees condensation building up on the underside of that saran wrap, then moisture absolutely is the culprit and he's gonna have to stop the moisture infiltration before he can ever get the thin set, the tile and the grout to stay in place. Okay, so let's say the moisture is an issue. What is, who does he call after that? Is, is that the, it wouldn't be the tile guy's fault, right? No. Then you need a house detective. There's people that do leak lo- leak location uh, specifically for that. Once that's identified and eliminated and the moisture has a chance to evaporate and do our test to make sure we're back to a good reading, then we can reapply. And if it's done, and it now's a great opportunity once he's re-adhered the new tile, to let it cure properly and seal it, which is hard to do because ideally you want at least two weeks of no of non-use on that tile, which is really hard. But as he can see, that little extra time to not have to do this every couple of years can be worth it as well. Is there any way that gave way without it moisture being a problem? Yeah, a proper and in, proper install. They could okay. have used really watered down thin set. Um, they could have not used the right thin set. Um, Too much water in the grout causes air bubbles in the grout that can all be popping loose. The moisture test. The moisture test is the place to start. Okay, I'll give him a call. Okay, and the other question. Uh, the other one's two parter. It's a guy in. Wanting to buy, an, it's a new home in Cave Creek. It doesn't sound like he built it. Okay. Um, but he wants to put in a water softener, and the, the builder did not put in a loop. So Any water treatment company, that's part of their system. If there's no loop, they install one. And, and his, he worded the question to me, do I have to have a loop? He does. Oh, yeah. 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 And then the other thing is um, he wants to take a, a line from his where his gas is at the meter over to his barbecue. Does it have to be buried? It if, sure is ugly if he doesn't. As <laughs> you say, if he's got a structure that he can mount it to, I'm sure we can find a way to meet it with code. But if there's open space between the home and the barbecue, you would, yeah, well, you would have to bury that. Okay. Yes. Where does it go? We're already halfway through our open line hour. We've got so many things to talk about and share. This is where we generally do our weekly home maintenance how-to, and we'll get to that. We completely blew past patio prep last weekend, so we were going to try and cram two in this week. But we also have our calls lined up. We're going to try. If you've been listening since 7 o'clock this morning, you know, I don't know if it's all the moisture and rain that's hit. I don't know if it that the weather's so nice that we've got a little... Not Gary, but there might be some other engineering slacking out there, smelling the flowers. But we, we've been fighting a little electronic demon this morning, so we're going to try and take a call. <laughs> well, you know, let me let me explain why you may have heard a lot of Cajun music this morning. One, why not? But but we did have just a technical issue, and uh, but the show went on fine. So 
<laughs> I'm glad. I hope you enjoyed the Cajun music. I figured, you know, we started playing it and the, the phones lit up. So I'm thinking, hmm, maybe a little uh, Zydeco will get you going in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Cecile, do I have that correct? Wants to talk about an electrical smell? That... Uh, Quell. Quell. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I have uh, live in a, a Hallcraft home in Scottsdale. Uh, and. And uh, we have uh, a kitchen queen hood over our stove. It was, an initial, it was originally installed when the house was built. And we turned on the light yesterday, and it's got a strong electrical odor, burning odor. Didn't, no fire, no smoke, but we got the odor, so we turned it off immediately. I haven't turned it back on. And I just don't know where I could go or who I should contact to get that fixed. Well, Clem, or if I can fix it myself. You didn't no, you didn't break uh you didn't throw any breakers. No. Okay. No breakers. All right. Well, my recommendation would be get an electrician there and have them kind of troubleshoot it uh to determine what could be the problem. Um a Hallcraft in Scottsdale you're you're down there around Indian School in Granite yeah. Reef and Miller. Yeah. Uh, they're bomb-proof homes. I wish I owned a hundred of them. They're great homes. They are. Um, but I would I would go to RosieOnTheHouse.com. We've got various electricians that can get there and kind of troubleshoot it for you uh, before you before you try anything else. Okay. That right. that well, smell I... is so distinct that oh yeah you know you you get it taken care of. Don't hope that it just goes away. No, I'm not. No, no. We'll we'll get we'll get a whole electrician then. And on RosieOnTheHouse.com in your area, there's the Mighty Electricians, and there's Evanson Electric, both uh, right pretty in, equal distance from uh, you. Yeah, right. So both right whoever, in your neighborhood. Whoever can get to you first will be equipped and qualified to help you take care of that that issue. And we've also got Brutnell Electric out of Castagram, been a great plumbing and electrical partner for our Pinal County homeowners that tune in and rely on Rosie on the house for their home, castle, or cabin. If you're an electrician in Tucson or Prescott, northern Arizona, uh, you've been in business five years, you're licensed, bondable, and insured. And looking to help serve the mission of being every Arizona homeowner's best friend, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at Rosie on the House during the week. We'd love to get in touch with you. And, Clell, if you ever want to sell your home, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring Gary in Tucson on the line next. Or any Hallcraft resident listening. (laughs) Rosie's a buyer. Well, I I love that that, uh, The red brick. Uh, I love I love that section knees. right there. Yeah, it's so close to Old Town Scottsdale. I I just I I love that area. Is the salt mine still there? Yeah. Salt cellar. Yeah. Salt cellar. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good there, local yeah. place for seafood. No. That's great. Yeah. And then you got the Chart House on McCormick Ranch, charbroiled oysters. Gary in Tucson. How may we help you? Yeah. Hi. Hi, gentlemen. Um, we just bought a house um, overlooking a sort of a ravine for my mother-in-law here, and it has the whole backyard is basically a deck overlooking the ravine. It's about 15 feet off the ground, um, and it's covered with pavers, <laughs> and it's falling apart. Um, it was built with TJI joists and then 
three-quarter inch plywood on top of that, and I assume something to seal it, then sand on top of that, and then pavers on top of that. And it's wow. like 15 by 50 feet. Wow. Um, That's a serious well, deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's got a lot of water damage and uh, some of the, I don't know if it's black mold or something like that. And so um, just wanted your input on what would what would be your first move in terms of replacing it. Um, my mother-in-law likes the look of the pavers, but yeah. it seems to me that's a pretty strange application for them on a deck well, that's that high off the ground. Well, Gary, tell me this. How old do you think the deck is? It's, it was built in um, 2004, 2005. Okay. Well, they have now come out since then with mm-hmm. pavers that are made just for decks. Now, when, when you go underneath this deck, you're just over the ravine. You're not over any living part of the house, right? That's right. That's so if right. the water... So if the water that fell, if the rainwater that fell on the deck dripped through the deck, it wouldn't hurt anything. No. Yeah. No, it okay. Be fine. Because what's what's causing the water damage for you right now is the waterproofing and the sand and everything is holding that moisture and not letting it go through. But they actually make segmented pavers that fit down in segmented retaining borders that you lay down on top of your TJIs, and it is a it is a paver deck, but it's true. But and it's, permeable. It's yeah, the water just goes yeah. right through it. Unfortunately, made out of boards or something. Yeah, and, and you could you could do that, uh, lift it all up, and go back with two by six, redwood or dug fir. But boy, I can tell you the number of wood decks below the Mogollon Rim that I've torn out and put back in pavers goes into the hundreds of decks. That wood just doesn't hold up unless you're willing to oil it two or three or four times a year. We appreciate the call, and I would probably start by calling Assurance Builders and see see what they can tell you a lot of times for decking applications if we were doing a paver application we would start with a landscaper but because this is built up on a deck structure i probably would start with the the general contractor uh it's gonna if there's any structural reinforcement or changing out of the sub decking to make it impermeable if that's the option you want to go you can find them at rosieonthehouse.com it's assurance builder for the tucson and southern Arizona five four six ninety seven fifty two. And I don't know what Gary's do it yourself capacity is, but Gary, if you'll shoot me a picture of the deck uh, below the deck, uh, elevation of the deck, and then a picture from the top of the deck, uh, the removal of what you got there is going to be a big, heavy mess. But if the TJIs are still structurally sound. This grid system just fastens right to the top of that, and then the new pavers just fall in place uh, like, a, like a puzzle. Uh, so it isn't that complicated. We would just have to have an engineer, and it's probably going to weigh less than what you've got there now, but I would still want an engineer to bless the TJI size and span to hold the weight. But if you'll send me a couple pictures at info 
at rosellthehouse.com. I'll send you the manufacturer's literature on this drop-in-place paver product. Very good. Thank you, Gary. Our weekly home maintenance to do this week focuses on water filters. There's, if you've got a reverse osmosis for your cleaning, those filters need to be cleaned on an annual or biannual basis, depending on uh, manufacturing and use. There is the water filter. If you've got a refrigerator that dispenses water and ice, you've got a filter there that you have to worry about and and change on a regular basis. And then if there, if you have one of those pitchers that you're supposed to pour water into and it filters water down into the jug that you put in your refrigerator. Those filters often have to get uh, cleaned. And not cleaning these water filters can create problem in bacteria growth. So we've got to make sure we stay on that cycle of replacement or cleaning those filters because if we don't, we're creating the exact opposite of what we're trying to do. We're, <laughs> we're creating dirtier water for drinking than the clean water we're trying to achieve. So if you, uh, so water filters is our home maintenance to do. You can sign up for our Rosie on the House Homesada app. You go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app. It'll take you through to this new platform we've got for digital home maintenance. And you can capture these weekly to-dos from our home maintenance calendar, plug those into your maintenance tasks on a weekly basis and uh, complete them as we cover them weekly. You can set up reminders. You can set up, uh, if, if it's something you're going to have a professional do for you, you can help uh, orchestrate it through that, and it just helps you keep up with all the ma- the weekly to-dos we don't think about that uh, compile. It's a lot easier to keep up with one or two tasks a week than 30 or 40 uh, halfway through the year that have compiled. It helps save money help save uh, preventative maintenance on construction costs. And at the end, it's transferable to the next homeowner. So if you're looking to uh, sell your home, you've got a basically a history book of the work that's been done. And it also gives a new homeowner platform to what they need to do to help manage the home going forward. It's going to be a great application for first-time home buyers moving into their first home, not knowing what all <laughs> a home really requires on a, on a basis. We skipped over patio prep last week as uh, we, I don't know, we, <laughs> we just had a, a ton of content and uh, only only one hour to cover it in. So you can go back to last week and get our patio prep as well. Our last caller, he was talking about a decking issue for their patio. We're going into our outdoor living season for the next few months. So it's a reminder to check all of your outdoor furniture, uh, replace cushions, Efflorescence, we've had a ton of rain and moisture, and as that moisture is evaporating, and especially as it replies to our, any masonry walls we may have around the house, uh, brick homes, foundations, you may notice some white powder building up. That's the minerals in the concrete evaporating on the surface of the concrete structure as moisture seeps through. Over a long period of time, that can create deterioration, but it's a very easy problem to eliminate. Uh, Marvell sells a lot of great products to eliminate 
the efflorescence that's on the outside surface, and then you would just go back and apply a sealer. Cohels does as well. You can find those in the masonry category at Rosie on the House. And I happen to know that coming up soon, we don't have the exact date yet, but Marvell has just refurbished their Mesa location, and they're going to be doing a grand reopening that they want us out at. So we're working on schedule. The original weekend they wanted us at, we were already committed committed to another event. I can't remember if it was the Flagstaff Home Show or the Tucson Home Show. Both of those coming up in April that we'll be at. Yeah. Uh, but we're they were looking for for the right date. So once we get all the, the details and the correct weekend lined up, we'll make that announcement here at Rosie on the House. And be a great uh, it's a great opportunity. If you've got a masonry project coming up that you're planning on doing yourself, you know, you might just want to, you know, hang tight until we get the announcement for that uh, that reopening live broadcast out at Mesa's Marvell Masonry location and come out and see us there. They've got a lot of great professionals that can help you t- walk through what it is you're looking to accomplish and uh, get you set up with the right tools, projects, and get you going for your, whatever project it is around your home, castle, or cabin. <laughs> As we head south to Tucson, bring Bruce into the conversation to talk misting systems. Just a little reminder that uh, Arizona's home to over 13 different rattlesnakes, more than any place in the world. And they're starting to come out. When I heard that, I thought, yes, no, 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 they're not out yet. But Daniel Merchant uh, had was quoted in the paper this morning, says, you know, a lot of times snakes out in the desert, you may not start seeing them yet because they're deeper in the ground in hibernation. But when we get into urban areas under homes and patios where they don't have to dig as deep, it's warming up faster. So you'll see them coming out in urban areas sooner than you may in the desert where they might be a lot deeper into the soil and it hasn't warmed up yet. So snakes could be coming out. That is something that can go back to your patio prep making sure you're eliminating places for snakes to hide, eliminating their food sources, wood piles that might bring uh, insects, that might bring rat, rat nests and things that the snake would prey on. Eliminating those things from your home and yard could help eliminate you finding uh, your, the, the, the slithering snakes of the Eesh. desert southwest. And I've known people that have moved uh, just because they found too many snakes on one particular on their property, I I can't imagine moving because of a snake. But it, I know a lot of people <laughs> put their house up for sale for scorpions. Hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, and that's that's in town. I guess just growing up living with it, you don't think about it. You know, they're I'm just a, part of the desert. I'm curious when they're going to have us start putting that in the spuds report. <laughs> This, yeah. The the snake and scorpion yeah. uh, infestation yep. of a local yep. area. Does this house have an unusual amount of snake, scorpion, or rodent spottings, sightings? We've got a little weenie dog. That's both the name and the breed of the dog that has found every snake on the property before we can. If you hear weenie start yapping when it's warm out, you just know to grab the shovel and find the barking dog. Yeah. <laughs> 
my Louisiana buddy, I was talking with him. He said, how do you handle rattlesnakes in the desert? And I said, well, you just kind of, they give you a warning and just walk away. And he said, well, it could be worse. And I said, worse? He goes, you don't have to deal with water moccasins. Yeah. They don't yeah, give you any warning. Yeah, I was going to say, my- <laughs> No, they don't. No, and, they don't. And a snake can generally strike about the third of its body length. So just by stepping away, you're out of striking distance yes, and so- just keep walking backwards. So let's see how we can help Bruce and Tucson on this Saturday morning with his misting system. Welcome, Bruce. Hi, we're thinking about putting on a misting system, and uh, we're kind of wondering uh, what you guys would recommend. I see some that were with uh, PVC pipe, and then I see uh, all the way up to someone did a stainless steel one. Well, um, and then would you guys use uh, like the like a flexible hose on it, no. or what would you guys um, recommend? No, no. A true misting system needs to mist the water. And to do that, you need about 800 PSI. And what's delivered to our homes, we like to see under 65. So we need to increase the water pressure by over 750 PSI to get a true misting system. The PVC ones uh, that just use the pressure for the home, they're more like drip systems. They're not mist systems, and they become very uncomfortable. And they don't add any kind of ambient cooling because they'll when it's under that kind of pressure, when water's under that, that level of pressure, and it's misting, it's spreading, it's creating a fog, it's, it's creating ambient cooling. When it's just dripping out of these little spouts that are coming out at 65, it's, if you're under it getting soaking wet, you'll be cool, but it, that's not really what you put a misting system up for. Exactly. And Bruce, I can tell you, we've got misting systems that we've put up all over the Valley of the Sun. Uh, I have one in my own back patio. My back patio is about 70 feet long and about 16 feet deep. And the whole thing is misted. And in in the ideal situation, it really, really works well. Uh, I was a big, big fan of misting systems for a long time. But I can tell you this. Over time, the minerals in the atomized water will start showing up on your support poles of the patio, your patio furniture. Uh, if, if the mystic system's installed correctly, the moisture should never be reaching the concrete slab. But if the humidity spikes up, it's going to happen. And then you've got that. I can tell you, for cooling off a back patio, better than anything I've tried, I, I like these roll-around evap coolers. The Patio Pal, they, oh. and we sell them through the Rosie on the House e-store. It's an evap cooler that rolls around on five wheels, and it has an ice chest on top. It'll hold 144 bottles of water. You put your drinks in there, you put it on ice, and the evap cooler, so the Patio Pal.